Sunday, November the 20th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everyone. It is really great to be with you and great to be part of this unity amongst Christians in Ipswich with a heart for mission to your community. It is great also, um, as Simon mentioned, that we are in partnership together um, for two different programs. So the early intervention program, that's a coaching program where we are enabling volunteers from the church to spend an hour a week with a child in school. And then the Make Lunch program, I know particularly um, Ipswich International Church, providing food for kids who are at risk of being hungry in the holidays. So it's great to be with you, just to celebrate what you are doing and what we as TLG have the privilege of being part of with you. I want to talk this morning about the journey for struggling children and their parents. I want to share something of God's heart to make a way for them. Really believing that for children and families, God's bright glory can shine in their lives, whatever their circumstances. I'm married to Ray. We have three boys. We've got twins who are 19 and a 21-year-old. Suddenly we've got adult children. It's like, whoa, how did that happen? Well, three years ago with Josh and Dan, our twins, um, we, with a bunch of others, set off to cycle coast to coast across the north of England. So... Um, this is us. This is, uh, this is Morecambe Bay up in the northwest. We were setting off on a two-day journey. Now, don't know how well you know the north of England from, uh, from Morecambe. It's very beautiful. It's much, much colder than the south. So uh, it is lovely to be, to be uh, what we would consider to be the south. And... Um, well, we, we set out, and we'd heard about the hill coming out of Settle. So we're in the middle of the Pennines, pretty much in the middle of the north of England. We'd heard about this hill, but we had trained, and I can tell you we were confident. So as you'll see, when the big moment came, I took it completely in my stride. Have a look at the screen. We're on our way. Here we go, we've done our lunch stop and we are doing the big hill. How are we doing, Jack? Woohoo! This is easy. There he is. Good. Come on, see you at the top. 
Everything, everything is hurting. Oh wow, these guys doing amazing. And this scenery incredible, but it is hurting. We're pressing on. 25 miles to bedtime. And then tomorrow for the coast. So that was me struggling uphill for one part of one day. The reality is that for so many children and their parents, every day is an uphill struggle. And then the reality of these past weeks and months, it really feels like that hill has got even steeper to climb. When we look at the data, there are now 3.9 million children living in poverty in our nation. Tom referred to some of the challenges that we all face. And for parents in particular, well, as recently as September, one in four UK households with children experienced food insecurity. And you know that number had increased by 50% since April. And then, of course, there is an epidemic, isn't there, of mental ill health for children and young people in particular. Do you know one in six children are identified as having a probable mental health problem? And that's increased by 45% in the past four years. Half of all diagnosable adult mental health problems are established by the age of just 14. So in other words, what happens to us as kids, it has the potential to impact the whole of the rest of our lives. Well, how does TLG come to be pressing in on these issues. Let me tell you a bit of our story. To do that, I've got to take you back to a distant era. We'll call it the 1990s. You've got to use your imagination because I was, I was a young man then. I, it's, yes, really. Um, it's, it's true. Well, I was a, a volunteer in a local church in Bradford in West Yorkshire. So up in the north of England. We did what so many churches have done. We opened a youth club and a whole crowd of kids came. So imagine the scene. It was a dark November night. It was kind of this time of the year. And in a room maybe the size of this kind of center part of the church, there were about 40 kids packed in. And I remember spotting a scruffy looking short kid towards the back corner. And he caught my eye because I'd, I'd never seen him before. But I noticed that he was pushing and shoving his way through this group. I'm thinking, I've got to get to that kid before something really bad kicks off. But you know, before I could even go and say, hi, how are you doing? 
He punched me. So I'm thinking, I really want to punch you back. But I know that's not the idea of this voluntary Christian youth ministry. How different the TLG story would have been. (laughs) Instead of that, we got talking. I found out that his name was Lewis, that he lived with his mum, two sisters and a brother in the small, in a small house on the local estate. This is him. It was a house where there was often not enough money, sometimes not enough food. A house where there was conflict at home, particularly between Lewis and his mum's boyfriend. And the struggle at home spill over into a struggle in school. But Lewis, such a bright kid, such a bright kid. He'd worked out exactly what to do and exactly what to say and who to say it to to be guaranteed that any day he went to school, he could be out of the door by 9.30 and have the whole of the rest of the day or the rest of the week or the rest of the term to himself. I met him when he was 12, and by the time he was 15, we realized that he'd completely given up on school, and it seemed that school had stopped looking for him. What do you do when the Spirit of God nudges you about a need? Well, we simply drew close to him and his family, just volunteers, just volunteers from the local church. We started to spend time with Lewis, giving him a place where he could speak about his anger and his frustration. We started to help him with his reading and writing. And we helped him to reconnect with school. As we did that, you know, what was fascinating was the way that whole family opened up to the love and the care of the local church. His two sisters and his brother came along to the kids' ministry at the church. His mum started to come to some of the social things that we did. And Lewis sat his GCSE exams. He left school, he got a job, and the school said, we've got loads more kids like him. How many would you like? (laughs) Well, that was 23 years ago. Right now, TLG is partnering with over 200 different churches all across the four nations of the UK, including with you here in Ipswich. Early intervention enables a volunteer from the local church to spend an hour a week with a child in school and to be in touch with home every week. Make lunch is the provision of food for kids at risk of being hungry. In the past year, over 8,000 children have been helped by TLG with local churches. And wonderfully, almost 900 of those so far this year are connecting beyond the TLG program, connecting into the wider family and support of the church. Back when I met Lewis, I had no idea of the scale of these issues. 
if we bring this up to date. Do you know, in the most recent data, over 300,000 exclusions were given to children in our schools. And that's despite the great work of some excellent teachers. Many of you here today, you'll be serving in education in some way, or you'll know those who are. Our teachers every single day are changing lives, making a massive, massive difference in every one of our schools. But the reality is that I think we've got to acknowledge that with this many children denied education for anything from one day all the way through to much longer periods, I think the reality is that the system is failing a significant number of children. I prefer to say our society, because it is personal. This is on our watch. We've got a responsibility here. You might think, as I did, that exclusion is something that is predominantly teenagers like Lewis at the age of 15. But actually, when we look at primary age kids, children as young as four and five years old are being excluded. Over 25,000 primary age children excluded from school in the past year. I think exclusion on this scale is not a judgment primarily on a child. It's a judgment on a system that is not meeting the needs of all of the children. So why does this matter? Well, it matters because people matter. People matter to God. And I believe for our God of justice it matters because fundamentally this is injustice. When I tell you that it's the poor kids who are four times more likely to be excluded. When I tell you that it's black boys that are three times more likely to be excluded. And it says to me that This really matters. It's wrong that these children are treated this way. So where is God in this? What is his heart for the hundreds of thousands of children excluded from school or the millions of kids at risk of being hungry? Well, in the Bible, in the book of Isaiah, in the Old Testament, God speaks about the people of Israel about his relationship with them. And as he does that, what I love is that he shows his heart for us and for all those who are held in captivity. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. She's been punished enough, more than enough. And now it's over and done with. To those in captivity, our God says, enough, enough. And then what follows is what I believe is God's call to us, his church today. It's the words that would be used centuries later by John the Baptist. Prepare for God's arrival. Prepare for God's arrival. 
Make the road straight and smooth, a highway fit for our God. You see, this is where the hope is. This is where the hope is. We get the chance to make a way for God into broken lives, a highway for our God. Not a country road. It's it's a highway. Think motorway. And then Isaiah says, fill in the valleys, level off the hills, smooth out the ruts and clear out the rocks. Over 23 years, what I've come to understand is that when the excluded are included, when food is provided to the hungry, when relationships of trust are built, and Simon said that earlier, it is the relationships that are restorative. As we do these things, the valleys are slowly filled in. So for these kids, where there's stuff missing in their lives, we get the chance to fill in the gaps. The hills are leveled, the stuff that feels insurmountable for these children. The ruts smoothed out and the rocks are cleared out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the gospel of Jesus. This is the call to us, his church. So what does this look like in practice? Well, take a look at the screen. This is St. Helens Baptist Church and a clip from the BBC News. Children are returning to school across the UK as the summer draws to a close. For families struggling with finances, it means the welcome return of free school meals after the long school holidays. Our education correspondent Elaine Dunkley has been to St Helens to find out how some families have been coping over the summer. This may look like any other play centre, but there is a difference. First of all, we're going to have for dinner. We've got some chicken pasta bake. At this lunch club in St Helens, many of the families who come here struggle to feed their children during the summer holidays. It's a chance for Brendan, Nicole, Cara and Jade to have a hot meal and play. We um, do make friends and do painting, stuff like that, and have like, lovely food. I do worry a lot about food not being in the cupboards as much as we used to have. It's been very hard. For mum, it's been very hard for my sisters and brothers. And mainly very hard for me to see mum struggle. For their mum, Sarah, the school holidays is a difficult time of year. She's on universal credit. Changes to her benefits have brought hardship. You're struggling, you know, to get the food in and getting in places... It's not good. How much do you worry? A lot, quite a lot. Every day I wake up thinking that social service is going to come knocking on my door, taking the kids away because I can't feed them. Right, he's spinning or he's going for it. The TLG Make Lunch Group works with churches around the country to ensure that children who usually get free school meals are fed during the summer holidays. They're also seeing more working families using the service. So we know that there's one and a half million kids on free school meals. Another three million kind of close to the poverty line that we don't even know about. Have a look. It's a massive need. It's heartbreaking to see the kids that come in and 
literally I was just asking one of the kids we were talking about what would you do if you had a spare £500 and the first response was I'd get gas and electric so kind of the needs go just not just food it goes beyond that for Sarah any spare money is a treat for the children she's the best mum ever she put 15 pence in my jar because I only had 35 but now I've got 50 pence the government says it has invested an additional £2 million into projects for poorer children in England during the summer. But for many families, every school holiday is a time of hunger. Elaine Dunkley, BBC News. It's not OK. It's not OK that this is the plight of children growing up in our nation. Imagine being Nicole with that kind of worry for your mum and whether there would be enough for heating and eating. And then we beautifully see the difference that just 15 pence makes in her world. What's incredible to see is that churches across the nation, like right now, this winter, are rising up and saying this is not okay, and we're going to do something to bring hope and to bring help. And that is the message from Isaiah 40. It's one of such hope. Because what follows is, in verse 5, then God's bright glory will shine and everyone will see it. Yes, just as God has said. This is the hope. God's bright glory is shining. So this is the TLG story, but more importantly, it's God's story. It's the story of what he is doing through his church right now. I'm sure you're wondering what happened to Lewis, that that first boy that I met all those years ago. Well, this is where I do feel really old, because he's now a man of 41. I met him when he was 12, so... um yeah, we've just had the privilege of doing life together. Ray and I would say he's really part of our family. Sometimes he's lived with us. Other times it's felt like he's been living with us. But we've had the joy of doing life together. Now there are thousands of lives being transformed for good. Take a look at the screen. This is the story of Sophie and Ellis and their mum, Emma. Life before TLG involved um, a lot of heartache because my husband had been very ill and the children needed a lot of help that I just wasn't able to give them. Both my children had a trauma diagnosis, which meant they couldn't concentrate, they lacked focus. As a mum, you want to do right by your kids, but I also had a husband that needed me all the time. So I feel guilt for not being around the children or I feel guilt because I wasn't where my husband needed me. There was this huge burden of responsibility all the time because I couldn't be everything to everybody. I started coaching when my dad died. Before the coaching with TLG started, I always used to be really stressed because of schoolwork and I didn't really have many friends so I would just play alone most of the time. Well, I would just go and sit by this board where everyone would play and I'd just watch everyone else play. 
and just think about things. It was really hard, so I just felt all alone. And I used to crawl up in a little ball under my bed and just hide. Watching your kids go through that and knowing you can't do anything to help them is rubbish. <sighs> but we got there. My name's Helen Shadbolt and I was an early intervention coach for Sophie. And then when Helen was there, I always had someone to play with. It was actually quite exciting and it felt like I finally had someone there for me. I found school really hard and she used to come and take me out of class and we'd do stuff that I liked to do. And it would make that part of school loads easier for me. It was just like a huge relief. And it wasn't so hard for me anymore. She was just a bundle of joy and happiness and she was so pleased just to meet me and the feeling was mutual. You're really thriving now at school, aren't you? Yeah. You're doing so well. I used to be behind, but now I've caught up. You were like someone who was always there for me and you are like a best friend. So the boxes of hope started arriving during um, the first COVID lockdown. I have health issues, which meant that I was actually isolating for the best part of 15 months. And the boxes of hope were more than just the food that were being delivered. It was a friendly face every week, somebody that I could chat to. I was locked up with two kids. It was hard work being a mum. It was hard work being a teacher. And it was really hard carrying all of that whilst also having health issues myself. It's been a, a real link where we've connected well with the community in so many different ways. We've sort of reached families that maybe we wouldn't have reached in other ways. People have actually stepped up and just been amazing as coaches and for late lunch. It's just been great. So I was very grateful for just the level of support that they did give because they, not only were they supporting the kids, but by supporting the kids, I was being supported. And slowly and surely, I've got both my kids back again now. There are certain things come into our lives and they're God-given. And I knew that TLG was there and had been given to us. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Thanks, TLG. Well, praise God. Praise God for what he is doing. Through his church, reaching out to those who need hope and need help. Our, our prayer is for many more lives to be transformed. Like me, I'm sure that you care deeply for struggling children. So as I draw my thoughts to a close, I just want to show you how you can play your part, enabling lives to be transformed for good. As you sat down, hopefully you spotted a form like this one. This is the moment, if you can have a little route around, see if you can find it and open that up, and hopefully there are some pens dotted about as well. 
So we simply want to invite you to keep in touch with TLG. We send a magazine out twice a year with stories just like those that we've been sharing today. And so if you fill out that inside first page, keep in touch with TLG. If you bring that to us, we're going to be just in the entrance to my left, your right. You just bring uh, that form filled out. We would love to give you a free copy of my book, Out of the Ordinary. It begins with Lewis, it ends with Lewis in his own words, but it very much tells the story of what God is doing through his church up and down our nation. So that is a free gift to you today. If you would like that, please do just fill out this form and come and hand that to us. We'd love to give you that book. Please do pray for us. And I'd also like to ask if you would become a hope giver. So a hope giver is someone who just gives a regular amount each month to enable lives to be changed in the way we've seen today. The growth of early intervention and make lunch rely entirely upon donations. More than at any other time, In the past 23 years of this ministry, there is an urgent need right now for more help. And growing that help really does depend on those that will support this work. It's open to everyone. Even just a few pounds a month will make a really big difference. And the thing about regular giving is that it allows us to match our income to our costs, means that TLG can grow this work sustainably. So if you're able to do that, then just fill out this form here. You choose the amount, and if you've got your bank details with you today, it would be fantastic if you can fill out that form. If you don't have your bank details, don't worry. As long as you've given us a contact number, then pass the form to us and we can call you in the coming week. If you're a taxpayer, tick the gift aid box and do remember to sign the form. In these times when we're all conscious of using our money wisely, I do have some really great news today. Um, we've managed to get agreement from two generous Christians to match fund any new hope givers today. So... I am super excited for that because we've got a really great opportunity that whatever you're giving, if it's a regular amount, it will be doubled. So any regular amount. And I've got to be honest, those two people didn't specify an upper limit. So that's a conversation I'd love to have with them. As long as it's a regular amount, then yes, they will match it. Whatever you give, we would be so grateful. Finally, if you've been inspired by the stories that you've seen today, and you're wondering whether you could be an early intervention coach, then as you hand us this form, just write somewhere at the top, interested in early intervention. Or if you're interested in make lunch and seeing if we could develop more of that in Ipswich, then again, just write interested in make lunch.
as I sit down, I'm just going to leave you with the story of Amy and her coach, Natombi. Hello, my name is Amy, and Natombi is my brilliant coach. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I have like this anxiety thing. Anxiety is like if you were scared of something or you had a fear and you never wanted to do it, you would always get like funny about it and you would be scared and sometimes your tummy would feel a bit like wobbly. Every day that I came in I never wanted to leave my mum or my dad either. I, I always used to cry. Nah. I spoke to Amy's mum as well. She also explained how frustrating it was for her, especially seeing that Amy was already near four and she didn't really out- outgrow that. They said before she started on the programme, it'd be like a miracle if she came to school the whole week. Since the Tompas came in, I've been happy and running into school, skiffing into school. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> it's amazing now. You see my friends, meet my teacher. It's fun. Apparently, the family could not even go on holidays because of Amy's anxieties and stuff. So this was their first ever successful holiday. Even if you don't like stuff, it's always best to try and do it. And once you've done it, even if you still don't like it, you've still tried, and you should be proud of yourself for doing that and just, you've got to push yourself sometimes. If you feel, like, trustworthy with someone, you could just talk to them and let them know how you feel and they could give you some advice as well. It gives me such satisfaction that I'm able to make it different in someone else's life. It's nice that you want to help children and make a difference in their, like, life and that. Mm. Right now, because what you've helped me with, I... I always feel like I want to be like Natombi to help other children because oh. I, I know what I've been through. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you have been amazing. Yeah. You've helped me through a lot, so thank you. You're welcome. I'm so, so proud of you, Amy. You've done so much and you've put in all the work as well. It's not just me. It's me and you work together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm so proud. My anxiety has got like 100% better and the Tombies really helped me for it. I used to be 0% and now I just shot up to 100 somehow.